kid to five week break um, from four, so we'll get an extra week of parking. That's good. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, I am going to give a short word today, uh, just a little bit about what I've been stewing on as related to Christmas, and we're going to get out of here, get out of here pretty early. We're uh, as a family, we're actually driving up to Tahoe tonight, so that should be fun. Get away and hopefully do some snowboarding. But uh, I have been thinking a lot about Christmas, as I'm sure you guys have. Um, you know, it's the only time of year where... Does anybody listen to the radio anymore? Yeah. Like, not, I'm not talking iTunes radio. I'm talking real radio. <laughs> okay, there's like three people in here. I love turning on the radio and hearing, you know, like normal stations sing praises to Jesus. Like, I love that. And it's just, you know, everywhere you go, there's symbols of this thing that's called Christmas. And it's probably deviated pretty far from, uh, you know, from where it started in certain cases. But I certainly have not lost the magic of Christmas. I love it. My wife loves it. Uh, one of her favorite things to do this time of year is to light up the tree and then turn down the lights in the house. So you like walk by and the tree's all lit up and there's like, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, there's just kind of a, a wonderful thing about Christmas. And one of the things that we started talking with about our girls related to Christmas was we started to ask them, why is it that you get presents on Jesus's birthday? And they're like, they're like, huh, that's a good question. You know, that's a good question. And so we did this whole thing where like almost every day we let them open a small present and they get to reflect on why it is that they get to open presents on Jesus's birthday. And there's all these different reasons. But it's pretty fun because they start shouting them out now because they get them. They're like, he's so generous that he gives presents on his birthday. Like, that's amazing, right? Like, they'll say stuff like that. And uh, I think because of that, it got me starting to get, kind of start to think about the gift of God that was given in his son Jesus on this, not really this day, but this day that we celebrate that. And just how amazing that is. You know, if you think about it, what are the attributes of the best gifts that you've ever gotten? Like, what are the things that make for a truly differentiated gift? Sometimes it's, it's the magnitude of the gift, right? Like, you get something where it's like somebody gives you something, and it's like, whoa, this, this is big. Like, the gift itself is special because it, it hits hard and large, you know, like that kind of thing. And then other times you get a gift, and it's not that at all. Um, you know, talking about my kids again, McKenna, I, I was in my office the other day, and I noticed there was this card, and it said, like, I love you, Daddy, on it, and it was this, this picture, right, and it was like this thing she had made me, and the thing that made it special was that she had put her everything into it. You know, it, like the gift itself, objectively, you know, no one's going to buy it, uh, it's, it's, not a, it's not a great painting or something like that, objectively. But for me, it's a treasure because I know that she, like, put her everything into this thing. And so it got me thinking about, like, what are the best gifts that I've ever gotten in my life, and why was that the case? And another one that came to mind, like, this is, this is my all-time favorite gift. Uh, it was a surprise party that my wife threw me when we were dating. It was so awesome. I'd never had a surprise party thrown for me. And it wasn't a huge deal. It was just like seven or eight of my friends uh, going out and like doing the things that I always want to do. Like I love playing volleyball on the grass. 
Like lawn volleyball is like something, everyone in here is like, what are you talking about? Jeez. But I love it. I don't know why I love it. I love going into a park and barbecuing and playing volleyball. And, and my, wife, my now wife, my then uh, girlfriend, I guess. That's so weird. Um, <laughs> so strange to say. Um, she set this whole day up where it was like my favorite people in a park playing volleyball, barbecuing, that kind of thing. And there was something about it that just totally hit me. And so I think that the point is, is that what really communicates or what, what it really represents an amazing gift is a couple of things. But I think at the root of it, it communicates love and care in a really deep and special way. The first one is it meets a real desire or need, right? Like a, a great gift hits you in a way where, because it meets a need in you that's really there. It's like, you know me well enough to know what I really want you thought about it enough, and then you delivered on that thing. Like, you just feel known and you feel cared for. And, and then the second one is, they're not always this, you know, they don't always come together, but usually they do, is it costs the person something who gives it to you. You know, in the case of, like, the, the gift that Suki gave me of, of uh, being in the park, like, it was, a, it was a surprise. So I knew that, like, for the, the, that few weeks, she was scheming with my friends to deceive me and lie to me and, you know, to get me into that place. <laughs> that's true. That's what happened. Um, but to get me there and then surprise me and to have all my favorite things here, I knew it cost her something because she had thinking about it, but it's not about money. It's about a tangible expression that you as a person matter, significantly a person, enough to spend your energy or spend your money on that person. And if we stop and we think about what Christmas is all about and what we're celebrating by giving gifts to one another and what we're celebrating by having this be a part of this season, it's very simple, but I wanted to bring us back to it, that Jesus is the gift of God given to the world. Like, he's the greatest gift that was ever given and will ever be given. And that's really what we're celebrating this time of year, is that we have this crazy, ridiculous, you know, like nobody thinks like this kind of person, Heavenly Father, who decided that a world that had rejected him and had abandoned him and turned away from him consistently, at that moment, it was appropriate for him or inappropriate for him. I don't know how it works in heaven's economy, but at that moment, he decides to give the world the best gift that the world could never ask for and never imagine, but that he chooses to extend in his extravagance. Like, what is that? You know, like, what kind, of, what kind of heavenly father do we have that in that moment he extends a gift that is incredibly thoughtful in the sense that it meets a real need that we actually have and that absolutely costs him a whole lot and that when we understand it, hits us in that way that just really registers and says, I value you beyond what you could ever imagine. That's, that's kind of like when you boil down Christmas, what this is all about, because God is the center of all of this craziness. Like, he ultimately is the one that really matters in all of this stuff. You know, like, his value is so differentiated from ours 
that when we start to put ourselves at the center, it just screws the whole thing up. But it's like, he, he's the one that matters, but then he does this stuff where he sacrifices his own son and in a sense communicates our value in a way that's so far and beyond what feels appropriate, you know? And, and no more so ever, ever, ever than through the gift of his son. And so I wanted to just dive in and I wanted to read a couple of scriptures that speak of kind of the gift of God um, that uses that exact language. And I wanted to start with one that, uh, that's probably common to most, but it's, it's found in John 3.16. And it says, very simply, For God so loved the world that he gave, as a gift, his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life, will have eternal life. Later in that passage, it says that he sent light into darkness, and that darkness didn't like the light and pushed the light away because their deeds were evil. And so it's like, man, I mean, just put yourself in, in God's shoes. Just like, try to, try to take it out of like, this is God way out there, and this is us way over here. And just think about giving a gift that cost you a ton, knowing that a large percentage of the population would hate the very gift that you sent. But then you send it anyway. It's like, when you, when you think about it, like, you know, you have a big gift and you extend it to this community or this, these people and, and half of the people reject it altogether, and then, you know, the other portion, but, but like, the idea that he knew that the darkness would hate the light, yet he sent the darkness anyway, and that he gave the gift of his one and only son to meet this real need that all of us have, which is eternal life. In Romans 8.32, there's another passage that speaks of Jesus as a gift, and it says this, he says, of the Father, he says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? This is the Bible. Like, that's a Bible verse. That's not a wishful thinking, like, happy card that you stick on your fridge that you got from Hallmark. That's like, that is a Bible verse that we can stand on. That is crazy. I'm going to read it again because I don't think you all got it. He who did not spare his son, he gives Jesus. He, he doesn't spare him up even unto death, but gave him up for all of us. Logically, how will he not also, along with Jesus, the, the, the ultimate gift, graciously give us all things? Like the, 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 the level of goodness of our Heavenly Father is so astounding, and this is the day in the year where we get to stop and we get to reflect on that. You know, like Jesus throughout all of, uh, I'm sorry, uh, God throughout all of the Old Testament, he had these moments where he would have the community stop and party. Like he'd have them stop and feast and celebrate and remember a time where he did something outlandishly extravagant for the people of God. And it was really good for them, right? Like seven times a year, or so, or more, they'd have these feasts where they'd just stop and be like, oh yeah, do you guys remember what happened there? That's incredible. 
Like, let's not let this thing get old. That's amazing what God did. And this is one of those times a year where we can just stop and we can dedicate a time like this where we just say, like, God is amazing. He, he, he gives up his son, and, like, how do we not have the confidence on the heels of something like Christmas where he sends the gift of God into the world, ultimately to be slain for us, to not have an amazing amount of boldness about his goodness extended towards us every day of our life? Do we just, like, can we, can we suspend the logical part today that tries to figure this part out, but can we just, like, by faith, just today, or just through the Christmas season, just realize that his goodness is unceasing towards you? Like, there's a flow of generosity, grace, and goodness that is targeted towards you that is unceasing and unbreakable. And like, the rest of the year we can do our complexity thing where we like make it really hard and difficult and like try to figure it out. But like just for Christmas, can we just like use this as a season to honor God and to just be like, man, if you gave me Jesus, if you gave Jesus up for this world, is it possible that your goodness and your grace is so far beyond my comprehension that there's just this kind of steady flow in the blood of Jesus, like in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the shadow or the wake of his sacrifice that is just like constantly flowing towards you. And to not complicate the gift. Have you guys ever given a gift to somebody who overcomplicates the gift and ruins it? I have. It's really tough. Like you give, you know, like you give an, uh, some money to somebody that you're like, oh man, I just want to, I, I just want to give you money, you know, like I just want to bless you, and they're like, you know, I don't know, is this going to be weird, and like, I don't know if I can receive this much, or you know, whatever, and it's just like, the complication kind of <laughs> ruins the thing, you know, it's like, it's God, he's already shown us his extravagance, he's put it in his book, that it hasn't ended that the first one, the gift of Jesus towards us, is supposed to be kind of the tip of the spear that breaks the room for all the rest, that just says, he's just that good. Like, he's just that amazing. Like, he's already given Jesus. Now, how could he not just also freely give us all things? Like, all things. Like, that's what it says in these scriptures. And so I'd just like to invite us in the Christmas season to simplify things back down, to actually just receive something on faith to try to figure it out later but that just God is that ridiculously good and that what Christmas is all about is this gift of God right when we didn't deserve it right when it was like the probably the worst time to do it by all logical standards he sends his son into the world and the light of God the word of God turns into a little baby that's born in a manger that doesn't make any sense. The angels can't contain their exuberance. They blast out with an audience of three. You know, it's like you got this heavenly chorus around this, like, huge angel that's terrifying, and there's, like, three shepherds and some sheep in the field, you know? It just, you just get the sense that they're, like, 
we got to sing to somebody, you know? And, and they just blast out and just say, you guys don't even understand what is going on right now. The gift of God sent into the world and the implications are peace and good news to all mankind. That's what Christmas is about. And so we're just going to keep it super simple in here today. We're even going to end it right there and we'll end it early. But that's what we're going to go with. And so let's stand. I'm going to pray a blessing over us. All right, if you want to, I'm going to pray. So I'm going to pray in line of my sermon about keeping things simple and just kind of like by faith receiving this. So if that's what you want, we're going to ask God's help. If you want to extend your hands before you, just like you're receiving a gift, I'm going to pray. God, I thank you that it's your good pleasure to give gifts to your people that you're not the type that gives a gift and then there's like, you know, a bunch of weirdness after that or a whole bunch of strings attached, that you give gifts because you're the great gift giver and it's an expression of your love and a statement of value and your care and your thoughtfulness. And God, we just ask for the grace in this Christmas season to simplify things down. And God, you talk about the currency of heaven and and what it looks like to take things by faith. God, I pray a gift and a blessing, and I just, I pray it over this church right now, that you would give us the gift of simplicity in this season, that there would just be this simple lightness about the gift of God that's come into the world and all of the implications that that means, that you've given eternal life that you've given us hope and purpose. And then in this crazy verse in Romans 8, you say, how will the Father not also give us all things that comes with the gift of your Son? And so, Lord, we just put our minds and our spirits and our souls at peace today as we live in the goodness of God. Because of the gift that you've given, we can have hope. Because of the gift that you've given, God, we can release control over the things that we feel just like we want to hold on to. And God, we can even release control over the biggest things of life, God, because you've already proven to us that you care that much, that you see all of it, you know all of it, and that you want to get involved close up. And so in this season, we say thank you for the gift that Jesus is to this world Thank you for the gift of, of, of Jesus and who he is to us. And God, we just, um, we just declare your goodness in the simplest of ways in this time. We just dial it way back and simply say, God, you are better than we could ever ask or imagine. You're exactly who you say you are. And you're far beyond what we could ever imagine that you are. And Lord, we just call to mind one last scripture that says, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly Father know how to give good gifts to his? And so we thank you, heavenly Father, that your goodness exceeds all imagination. You proved it with Jesus, 
And God, if we had spiritual eyes to see, we could just see that there's a steady flow of goodness that's flowing towards us from your heart all the time. And so we just receive that by faith today. And we thank you. And together we're able to agree that this is a Merry Christmas because of Jesus, the greatest gift that you could ever give. We give you the glory and the honor and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. 404. It's the shortest ark service in the history of the ark. Merry Christmas. God bless y'all. Enjoy too much food. And we'll see you back here in a little bit.